This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The TalkSport Fan Network is probably supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. If you believe in reciprocity, the idea of give and take, or getting out what you put in, then Keen Utility Work Boots with Keen Regen technology are made for you. Keen Regen is a cushioning performance midsole that provides 50% energy return with every step, keeping you in constant motion. Many Keen Utility boots and shoes are made with Keen Regen midsoles, so you can choose from a wide range of styles, safety toe types, and boot heights. Visit keenfootwear.com work regen. Keen Utility. Step forward. Whether you're buying a new car or used one, it's a big investment which is why you should choose Pennzoil Platinum. It helps extend the life of your engine and protect it up to 15 years or 500,000 miles, whichever comes first, guaranteed. That's because Pennzoil's base oil is made from natural gas and 99.5% free from engine-clogging impurities. The proof is in the Pennzoil. Enrollment required? Keep your receipts. Other conditions apply? See Pennzoil.com warranty for full details. Find it at Firestone Complete Auto Care. Welcome again to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman. Joining me right now is Max Cohen, Giannis Janais, and Mike Gregg making his return. This is our post-match show of Fulham's 1-1 draw against Derby County on Friday night. We have a lot to talk about, and I'm not going to waste any time. I'm going to go right to my friend Mike Gregg. It's been a while. Mike, here's my opening topic for you. Was it a good point? Uh, hi, Russ. Hi, everyone. Uh Good to be uh, doing the show for a change. Was it a good point? Yes. I mean, I mean, if you give me a point before the game away to Derby on a Friday in front of the TV, yes. Uh, I think we would, probably would have all taken it. Um, but uh, So, yeah, it's a good point. But we have to take the game as a whole and the performance as a whole and, and also look at other games recently. And uh, there's some worrying signs there, Russ. Okay, very good. Max, over to you. Was it a good point? Yeah, I, I'm with Mike. I'll say, yes, it's a good point, but also agree that there are wearing signs. I'll be honest. I'm going to start here and say it. it was not the response that I think we needed at the Barnsley. It just wasn't because we only kicked into the gear we needed to be in 70 minutes, 65 minutes into the match, and that's just not good enough. 
first two thirds of the match, we were pretty abysmal. And the same features of play that really frustrated us, you know, during a poor run a couple of months ago, the slow build up play, the poor at the back, it was all there on Friday night. And that just cannot be there down the stretch if we're going to want to get automatic promotion or even if we're going to want to win through the playoffs. It, it just can't. Okay. Very good there, my friend. Mr. Janaeus, do you agree with Mike and Max about their assessment of, of this match? Again, they both say it's a good point. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I think it is. I mean, Derby County got the best home record in the division, so it was never going to be an easy game. We, we sort of knew that. Um, but, hey, <laughs> this division's this division's is whacked. I mean, the fodder drew with Blackburn today. I mean, they, I'm sure they put their money on getting three points against them. They had a chance to, to go third. They couldn't. Um, I think uh, it would have been a nervous week in terms of the reaction to Saturday night's, Saturday afternoon's horror, horror show. There are some issues to be sorted out, but luckily right now, um, we've got a goalkeeper standing in his head and, and I thought was superb in his rebound from last week's game at the Cottage. So, um, tough game away. We'll take the point, um, but much bigger battles to come. Okay. Very good. All right, guys. Instead of going through Scott Parker's presser, I actually uh, messaged with uh, a former guest on the show. He's been on more than a few times, Benjamin Bloom, who was at the match. And he has some very interesting comments on what he watched. And I thought it would be a a good uh, jumping off point for us to really get into this match. So this is what Ben shared with me. And uh, just uh, I'll go to you, Mike, first and get your thoughts. And uh, do you agree with Ben's assessment? This is what he's he messaged me. Thought you got away with one last night, Russ. Darby adopted a good defensive shape and basically sacrificed Shinny and Bird to look after Candy, which worked. Fulham had a lot of possession, but didn't cut through and looked a little unbalanced with Brian getting forward well from the left, but Adoy not managing the same on the other side. As we went into the second half, Rooney started to find space and was a class act. Good news for Fulham that Mitrovic is a class act and yet again bailed you out with another brilliant goal. Darby probably the more likely to win. That type of performance won't catch the top two given Fulham's run-in. Okay, that's from Ben Bloom. Very interesting comment about the two fullbacks, Mike. I want to get your overall thoughts on what he shared and do you agree with what he shared at the end uh yeah well i agree with him that um derby with a team that was likely to win the game yesterday i mean rodex saves <laughs> uh certainly uh show that um we were a lot better in the second half and but we just not creating enough good quality chances and uh yeah it was um you know rooney i read a, a tweet from uh, someone i know saying that uh he reminded him of Beardsley when he played for us. You know, he's miles ahead of everyone else and Derby can't quite keep up with him, sort of, you know, what he's what he's trying to do. But going back to the fullbacks, yes. I mean, it's been like that every time Adoy plays, to be honest, or, or you know, Brian is the one to attack down, down the left. He's he's the uh, the best outlet we have fullback-wise. And... Um, but my my problem yesterday with uh, Adoy, and I mentioned it in a tweet during the game, is, uh, or not only Adoy, some of the other players, is that, you know, the ball goes to him and he's, he, his body shape is turned inside. So he's actually yes. sort of square on square on with the 
the touchline, his back is to the touchline. So if you receive the ball that way, you're not looking to go forward. You're either going to play it inside or backwards. And That's unfortunately, a good point. How, many, how many times did we see yesterday? He got the ball from Hector probably, and, and right then he give it back to, to the keeper. And and also when he not only him but our movement as well just isn't good enough. So we're not given enough options, and maybe we can talk about that point a bit later. But yep. um, I think that's a fair assessment he made. Um, Derby edged it. We were poor, especially first half. I mean, it's a good job you don't want to go into Parker's comments because he said we controlled the first half. I don't I know how he, how he thinks that, but. Um, but yeah, you know it's a point gained, really. Um, so, uh, so yeah, totally agree with what you were saying, really. Okay, Yanis, what are your thoughts on what Ben shared after the match? He was there. Do you agree with him? Yeah, yeah, I, I do. And 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 to the to point of the, the fullbacks, I mean, Joe Bryan, I think very quietly has done a very very good job in terms of over, overlapping runs and running up and down the field, providing you know stretching the field out and getting really good crosses in. And I was a little surprised, you know, Doy going at right back. And I, and I love Doy, but if you're really going to balance this full-back attack, I think you have to put Christie there. Um, and just because then it becomes unicided. And then, you know, teams figure out, well, where's the threat really going to come from? Why? It's going to be from Brian. We've got to keep an eye on him. Um, but, um, you know, uh, Mike's absolutely right. You've got to you've got to play in the direction that you want to face. And if you're turned, you know, sideways or with a back two, you've really only got two options. You've got to open up to the play moving forward. And it's it's a, to me, it's actually a basic, you know, because good strikers will always figure out there's only two ways you can go. Three ways makes it a little bit more interesting. And so it limited our ability to get forward from the fullback position on the, on the right. And that's why I think Christie might be a better fit because he opens up quickly and tends to open up in the direction he's going to face. Um, but it is, again, it's a point gain and yep. their home record's very good. Um, and it is. It's one of those games we could have won, but we could have lost. Absolutely. So in the end, you sort of, you know, it even, evens out. Let me go back to you, Giannis, because uh, I like that you brought up Christie because this has been a conundrum for me, especially when Dennis Adoy plays. Do you think... This is by design from Scott Parker that he has one attack and fullback and one that's more defensive. Or do you think if Christie plays, it's more just to do with the player himself? I don't think it's by design because if it's by design, it, 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 uh, the, it then it, it won't work. You can't have half measures. If you're going to be attacking, if you're going to be attacking from the fullback position, I think you have to do it both. If not, don't do it at all. Okay. Um, because then you're ba- basically what you're doing is you're prioritizing saying well your left right. back is your best attacking option as a fullback whereas I think Christie can do equally as good a job but in a different way um, I would I think it depends on the game that you've got but if that's the if that's the, the approach that you're going to adopt then you have to have somebody on the a reciprocal play on the opposite side and, and for me that would be Christie okay Mike I want to go to you, Max. I'll go to you right after that because I, I want to get your thoughts on this because this has been something that I've been frustrated with, uh, the play of our fullbacks. What are your thoughts about this? Because is this something that is actually being said from Parker basically for Adoy, or is this just the way Adoy plays? And if we had a more attack and right back, you would see something different. What's your view on this? 
Um, well, I think it is the way Adoy play, plays. He's never been really, uh, you know, attacking in the sense of Fredericks or Christie. Um, but, I mean, he's played, you know, right back this year. We, we've basically used Christie, Adoy and Session on. And, um, I mean, I'm not totally against only having one fullback do it. Sometimes you pivot and then become three centre-backs. Right. The fullback should come across. And Adoy is probably suited to that. Um, but it does limit limit us right. quite a lot. I mean, it's like when it's like when Marchand played left back last yeah. year, or whenever he played, you know, he never really attack over the halfway line. So you end you end up being limited. And I just think he, I don't think out of those three right backs, he knows who is best for the team. Um, and you know, he tinkers around in that position an awful lot. I mean. Sessional was out for a lot of games, comes in last week. Yes, we get stuffed uh, and he's out again. And a door is in, but a few games ago, it was Christie. You know, That's right. He, I don't think it, any of them are really saying, this is my position, give it to me. And he's sort of just, I don't want to use words, making it up on the spot. But, you know, sometimes maybe he's picking it depending on who's in the team. So, for example, if McDonald's in the team, and then I think you can allow Christie to play um, because we all know McDonald drops back. But uh, if Art is playing, I think Art showed last night, you know, without McDonald there, who for me is the best defensive midfielder we've got, you just leave gaps in the middle and they go forward and, and you're left with, you know, the two defenders at the back. So... So maybe a doy being there is because he knows Arthur's going to go forward and yeah. you've got no one else to sit back. So it's horses for courses maybe, but okay. I just think no one has settled in at right back and uh, he just keeps trying to find the uh, the right answer. Okay, excellent. Max, what are your thoughts on all this? I mean, I, I don't necessarily know why we're talking about fullbacks this much. I think the big thing for me is the central midfield. Okay, There's no creativity, uh, as Mike mentioned. There's no movement. I love the point Mike brought up about the body position because that's so key. But for me, it wasn't the fullbacks. It was the center mid. Every single time, I'm, I'm going to pick out Kearney because he's someone we need to talk about. It's not talked about enough. Sure. He's had a shocker, and he's had a shocker for, I think, a couple weeks now. This should be one of the best players in the division, let's be honest. This should be one of the most creative players in the division. But almost every single pass he played on Friday night was back. I don't see him running at players enough. I don't see him. I've seen the tweet about it from Kyle Bond. I believe Mike 100%, actually yeah, tweeted Kyle, out Kyle too, right, Mike? Yeah, hit it right in the head. Yep. That is the biggest issue, I think, right now. And I think it's underrated how much we've missed Harrison Reed. He's been out for essentially two months now. Don't really know what happened to him or when's he going to come back. But he's been a player, I think, who could revitalize our midfield. He's someone who actually was quite creative and got stuck in and could play where McDonald or other is playing now. But for me, again, there's just not enough chances created. You go in the center midfield. No one's playing through balls. No one's playing one-twos. There are no combinations. No runs off the ball. That's the biggest worry. And it was funny. I, I, Mike mentioned McDonald might be our best defensive midfielder. But when he came on, he was the most creative. He had that great through ball to Kamara that almost led to Cavalera, the shot that nearly yeah. went over. That was the most creative thing I saw all night from his central midfielders. And it was from K-Mac. So that, to me, is a major, major danger area, is our center, center of midfield, because it, in theory, it should be a great advantage, but they're just not producing in an attacking sense. Okay, and it's funny because Ben Bloom's uh, message to me was talking about how they took away Kearney, and uh, that's very interesting that, that that you focus on that. Back to you, Mike. What, what are your thoughts about what Max shared talking about central midfield issue that we uh, are currently having? 
Yeah, well, he's, he's right to say that. I mean, I did mention about movement, and I've said it before, you know, certain players, and, and Kenny is one of them, unfortunately, uh, we are not, we don't seem to be um, training to move the players around into space. I mean, I, I know Fulham fans, we all hark back to Tigana, but I mean, he used to do training and stop the game in training, and when the player had the ball, everyone had to freeze, and there had to be free options for that player. And at the moment, you know, go back to a door, he gets the ball, where's his options? You have the way to defend uh, or defend against us or attack against us in some ways. If a door has it, you just stick a man in front of him because whoever's on that right side, be it Knockhart, be it Cav, be it anyone else, almost stand right behind the bloke. And then you watch Kearney last night and he's almost like he's untouchable, Kearney. We all know how good he can be and all that. And as soon as you're on his case, you'll get certain defenders of him come on and say, oh, no, he's best player and all this. But he might be at his best. He is the best player, but he's not at his best. And I hate to say it, but his movement is dreadful and he hides. And, that, and that's almost, you know, I'll probably get some stick for that. But you can tell a player when he's hiding. He's not moving yep. into space. He stands right. He lets a player get in front of him. And, you know, in that kind of, oh, I don't fancy it at, the, at this time. And, there is an you know, there's some fans saying Kenny should play deeper and some fans saying he should play more forward. I mean, for me, his best position is in that final third, uh, attacking the box, looking to pass pass it wide or through, and he doesn't do that deep. So we've got to somehow figure out a way of, of uh, getting the best out of him. I thought Johansson last night wasn't great. A lot of people yep. are calling for him to play. Um and but you know Derby were more dynamic in the midfield <laughs> than we were, and uh, like I say, what did what did Arta do for us last last night? And then Kmat comes on, does that great block, and and then as Max says, you know that that great pass as well. So uh, so yeah, midfield it is a problem. Though, that midfield free or or you know we we've got as much movement as a. Table football team, you know the football ones <laughs> spin round. You know they're just static. You know they're they're not right. looking for it, and and that's a that's a confidence thing. That's also a training thing. Something on the training field, and you know I do wonder how much we're actually working on patterns and that type of stuff. And or or is Parker one of those coaches where it's you know these are my players, you're all intelligent enough, go out and play without actually drilling into them what they need to be doing. Very interesting you say that, Mike. Yeah, so over to you. I want to get your view on all this because I'm glad that Max brought up central midfield. You talked about Kearney last week when we were talking about the last match. So what are your thoughts on all this? I thought he should have been dropped for this game. Uh, I I thought he had such a mare last weekend that, uh, I mean, he he was was taken off, what, 52 minutes in against Barnsley. And um, there wasn't much improvement last night. And um, I think mean, Max is um, Mike is absolutely right. He goes in the hiding, and we don't need that. He's, he needs to be further up the field. He looks to have lost confidence, and I think it's it's not it's not a bad punt to rest your supposed best player or most creative player for one game. I don't, you know, if he's not playing well, then don't then don't play him, don't play him. And uh, you know, I, I know this must be a conundrum for um, for Scotty, but. You know he's he's, the, he's a gaffer now. He's not he's not a captain, and I think uh, part of that is you've got to make the really difficult decisions. And uh, he's just not copying it right now. He's he looks 
really devoid of confidence. And um, I think, again, last night it showed. So um, we shall see. I mean, it, it's uh, how, do you, how do you reformat or reformulate the central midfield without Kearney? Well, that's going to be Scotty's issue. But um, I think for last night, I kept thinking at the end of the game that our build-up players is, reminds me of, um, uh, it's almost reminds me of the, the, not the uh, last season, but the last year, I think it was 2014, when we were in the, the, the Premier League. Now, build-up was so slow. Yeah, so ponderous. It's very slow. It's really slow. And, and the, I think even worse than that might be we're terrible on the break. Um, we were just, we, it's like a bunch of land turtles going up, going up the field. And we have to speed up our set-up play, and we have to speed up our breakaways and, and catch teams on the break, but we don't know how we can do it. It's a great point, and uh, I saw many tweets about that last night. And uh, I am totally agree with that because I don't know why we are so slow, but that's going to lead me to go to you, Mike, because another talking point actually involved a little Tweets going back and forth with me and you. And it involves, do you think Scott Parker will ever change his style? I don't think he's going to. I, I think this is who we are. He wants us to keep ball, possess the ball, and really work that way. But there are so many backward passes. It's so conservative. I'm not a fan of it, but I've accepted it. So while watching this match, it made me think because he is not proactive like Savisa would be. He's reactive, Mike, because he makes the substitutions after we go down. And I thought we were much more attacking, obviously, when you bring on the attacking players. But I also think it left us vulnerable to the counters. And we saw that at the end of the match. So what are your thoughts about this back and forth with me? I don't think he's going to change his style, but also he's reactive. It did work, but it makes me think, why aren't you more proactive or more attacking to start the match? Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, most man, you know, most managers have a style and they they may tweak it here and there. They're not dramatically going to change. Um, I mean, we started the season almost uh, like Slab's team, you know, passing it around, yep. keeping the ball, and um, you know, maybe overplaying it at times certainly. But we we seem to be playing not with style, but a style, if that sort of makes sense, a pattern of play. Um, and it wasn't to everyone's liking, and we were certainly being more risky at the back. He he has tweaked it a bit. We're not we're still making lots of mistakes at the back, and we're still overplaying it. But he, he we we don't do it as much as we were in that first sort of dozen games at all. Um, but beyond that, he still keeps you know it's it's, it's the four three three of, of types or four five one really, which is what it turns out to be. Um, but it's. It's how we start games. I mean, 34 games, and there's probably two or three games that we can probably say, you know, we started on the front foot and went for it. I mean, for me, the right. best the best we've played, uh, or certainly was Reading first half away, when we were as as good as any of the Slav games, really, or the way we played under him. And I thought, oh, we, he's cracked it now. This is what we're going to do. We've got better players. Um or we think we've got better players and, and we're going to do this. But he's the team is an image of the player, unfortunately. Exactly. And, uh, you know, in his time, he was uh, – at times he could be dynamic, but most of the time it was 
you know, get the ball, safety first, simple pass to somebody close to him. He was never really a, a sprayer of the ball as such. And and we are a team in that mould. We are, you know, you have it, no, I have it back, I'll give it to him, no, you give it to me, I'll give it back to you, that type of passing. And um, we we get into a situation, you're thinking, yeah, put it forward, but oh, no, you've backed off, what are you doing that for? And, you know, it's there's possession, uh, which I love, possession football, that's the best way to play. But you've still got to have a purpose. And it's right. almost as if, it's almost as if some of the players, and I'm sure it isn't like this, but it's almost as if some of the players are absolutely petrified of of playing a 50-50 ball or, you know, just a ball into space or anything like that. Because if we lose the ball, what are they going to do? Get fined or something? I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, there was a stat at half time the number of passes but the the back or touches the back forward made, and it, you know, I mean, it, it, it's it's possession football without purpose, and, and yeah. we're like a team going uphill, stuck in the wrong gear. Mike, and then, it's like the road to nowhere. If you, I mean, yeah. that's the best way to put it. Yeah, and then we get to the top, the top of the hill, and then he sort, you know, which is the equivalent of us chasing the game, and then we're free will down. He's, you know, last week was schoolboy stuff. Five strike, five attacking players on the pitch last week. I mean, it was, yes, you're chasing the game, but I mean, it really was schoolboy sort of tactics. And you know, earlier in the season, his default was we were leading one nil. We'd go to three at the back. He seems to have got rid of that, and now it's let's bung everyone forward because we're chasing. And I, I did do a tweet that if that's the mindset of the team, if we were, were to get in the playoffs, I think you have to be slightly different to that because, it's, you know, I think only once this season have we come back and won a game from behind. And, um, you know, if we go into a, a knockout competition, really, uh, with that kind of defensive, cautious mindset of not attacking teams from the kickoff, and just waiting to see how it all pans out, then we're going to come unstuck. And the trouble is our form is coming a little bit unstuck now, certainly over the last uh, you know, four to six games. Okay, excellent. Max, your thoughts on all of this? I think um, you don't come back well from going behind, for sure. I, don't, I mean, I, don't, I just think back. We keep talking about style. Legitimate question. What is the style? What is Scott Parker's style for us? I would say, honestly, it's uh, keep ball and safety first. And yeah. really, it's slow build-up play. It's very slow, looking for an opportunity. But like as Mike said, again, there really is this feeling that they got to be oh, – it seems like they need, they need to make the perfect pass before they even make a pass. It has to be clear-cut. And instead, they just play safety and they just pass it among the back. So yeah. I think that's what the style is. It's defensive. It's it's basically to, I think, grind out these victories. And I know that drives everyone crazy, and including myself, because I would like to see a victory. You know, even though I say I I, I do appreciate the one nil victory, I certainly would like to win more comfortably. And uh, but as Mike said, we don't start on the front foot, Max. It's yeah, really that, this conservative yeah. type of style. And it's not that it drives me crazy. It's I think there's a fundamental flaw with that system. And that's if you want to play possession football, the whole point of possession in my mind is you move the ball quickly. You make the, the, the defensive team move out of their block. You shift them around. You keep shifting them back and forth, switching the play, and gaps appear, right? And that's how you create chances. 
that right. type of possession football is effective. Right? That's like a Guardiola style, I'd say, right? But what it's become, as as everyone's talked about today, is slow, is slow build up, as you mentioned, us keep ball. And there, the defensive team doesn't have to do much. You sit in your block, and the gaps don't appear because they're not moving side to side. That's right. Benjamin Bull mentioned that in the message to me. So it's a failure. So it's a failure of a style. And I'm not going to be here and say Parker out because, you know, I'm not going to go that far. But he has to realize his fundamental style, everything that he believes in the manager, as we've all just mentioned, is wrong. You're not going to break teams down. We don't break teams down, as you saw against Darby. They just sat back, and we had most possession, but they had all the dangerous chances in the first half. You cannot go a championship season. As Mike mentioned, you can't go in the playoffs when you have to attack teams and, and play like that. It's, it's going to fail. So that's why I'm really worried, Ross, okay. is that his entire style is wrong. It's just it's not going to work. Well, as I said, I don't think he's going to change it. I think this is who we are. And as Mike said, he's built this team in his image. This is the type of player Scott Parker was. So I, I, dis- me- I disagree with that actually a lot. I think Why? Parker was a fiery player. I think Parker had passion. I think Parker was someone who got stuck in. But this team, this team is pedestrian. Okay. This team, this team's like almost like a poor Berbatov, kind of strolling around, going through the motions. That's a disservice. Oh, I don't know about Parker, the player. I think. I just think that they're extremely cautious. That's the way I look at it. Giannis, I want to go to you. I want to get your thoughts on all this as well. Well, it doesn't look like we're playing. I mean, going back, I mean, Scotty Parker was a player that I greatly respected. You know, as a as a as a captain, as a player, uh, as an England international, I mean, he, you know, he, I think I thought he played with distinction with the clubs he was with Charlton, Spurs, obviously ourselves. Um, I, I I do think that coaches change over time, and I I think because he's still a relatively inexperienced coach at a at a high level, a very high level, um, I think he's still finding his feet and I still think he's got um he's coaching very conservatively he's 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 coaching to not to lose and uh, because it is a result results oriented business and um it, it 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 I know it's frustrating for the fans to watch I think it will change I I believe it will change over time but um at the moment, we we just we we almost you know if you're in an automatic car, almost in parking mode. I felt like that in the in, in the first half. We yep. we really weren't going anywhere. I mean, it's it's rare that you see a team play where the defenders get more touches touches than anybody else, and that's yeah. what we have right now. Um, with a couple of conundrums. That's not. I mean, the Kearney situation is is. A, is an issue. How do you play the fullbacks? Obviously, we've lost Congolo, which you know changes in terms of well, saves um, Tim Ring from the you know the executioner. Um, so it's 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 a transitional phase, but we're going into really really critical games. Will Absolutely. this style help us when we play you know the fodder and weeds and Bristol? I mean, it might it, it might do. Um, it's it's an interesting. I think it's. I'm being objective here. I think it's an interesting time to watch us because it's. Um, you never really know what's going to come next. I like the fact that near the end of the game last night we went for it. So do I. Thought, I. I thought that was good. I thought that was more like it. Last 15 minutes was very exciting to watch, and I thought, well, this is more like it. But, but why aren't we seeing that ch- for an entire match, Giannis? Yeah, that's right. We shouldn't be chasing the game. That's the thing to, that's driving me crazy. 
Yeah, yeah. Don't go gold down and then decide you're gonna get, you know, you're gonna come out the traps. You come out the traps when you see the hair. Uh, the hair's gone halfway around the track, and then you decide you're gonna go exactly. As Mike said um, already, why aren't we starting yeah. matches like this? Well, yeah, that's that's an interesting. That's a, a great point. And in, in the change rooms, I'm not sure who leads that. Um, I'm assuming that you know the assistant coaches have a role to play there. Um, but um, having said that, before last, last night's game, I would have taken a point. I knew it, would, it was not so much a banana skin because they're very good at home, but Barnsley's performance was so poor that you really don't know what could have come next. And to get a point, come from a goal behind, you know, um, you take it. But we've got such big games coming, difficult, really difficult games coming up. But uh, we sort of have to sort out how we're going to go at teams, especially at home, Russ. We really have to be more clinical, a little quicker. I totally agree. Um, so, and was it Swansea next, right? And Swansea, Swansea are not too far off. Well, they're five points off the, the, the top six. So it's a, it's a big game. But uh, a, lot of, a lot of, again, once again, I think coming away from the game, a lot of question marks. Okay. Very good there, Giannis. Mike, back to you. Final topic before we move on and really get into this match. And this is something that I actually saw on the Fulham Fan Zone Facebook page, and I'm curious your view on this. And uh, I just saw a comment talking about how we're talking about it's slow build up, it's conservative in nature. But I'm going to ask you, why do they play the ball off in the back then? Because that is a risky proposition, Mike. And I'm here to tell you that I think so many of the goals given up by Fulham this season were from mistakes that started from playing the ball off from the back, being nervous in our own end. What are your thoughts on that? Um. Yeah, I, can I just answer, uh, just go back to one of the points, which is the style, or sort of yeah. certainly possession football, and, and what's the what's the point of it in some ways? I mean, we 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 will always compare to Slavs teams, absolutely. Yeah. The difference, and you mentioned something about you don't mind winning one nil, but and and no one minds winning one nil. Let's be honest, and but we were winning one nil under Slavs, but we were still going for it and we were we had worn to, worn teams down with our possession football because right. we played it a lot quicker and we played it in their half and they got tired and if you go back and look at some of the stats from 17 18 you know i mean we were having like you know 5 to 10 shots in the last 15 minutes of a game you know so and, we, and now it's the complete opposite, especially when we're in the lead, where we we will go conservative and we will and we will defend. And um, but even if you look at the stats last night, we had a better second half. Actually, Derby had the better chances towards the end of the game. So, you know, we're not wearing teams down with this possession football, and and, and that's the biggest flaw uh, I, th I think we've got there. But going back to the slow build-up and yep. um, and the sort of why we playing out from the back. It's been interesting because of the rule change and the ability to uh, for a goalkeeper to pass it to their own player inside the box. We have, for whatever reason, taken that to the extreme where we're kicking the goal out, you know, two yards to wherever the centre-back is inside yeah. our own box, whereas lots of other teams are still, in some ways, using the old rule or even just launching the ball forward or, or looking to play it a bit wider. So, Somewhere within the coaching staff, they've decided, no, this is what we're going to do. I said earlier, we're not doing it as much as we were, but um, 
the trouble is with our centre backs going in as because they're almost picking the ball up sometimes level with the you know almost behind the keeper <laughs> level with him so straight away you're you're defending a yard from your own line and uh, you know and we've seen that make mistakes I mean we saw it you know we saw it yesterday leading up to uh, up to their goal you know we, we're just pissing around with it at the back too much sometimes and yeah. uh, and the, and we did that under slab absolutely but for whatever reason that they seem more confident with the ball then or everyone seemed to trust each other whereas now it's like you know here's a hot potato you have it no you have it <laughs> that's exactly what it's like my it's um, yeah uh, so we're starting too deep for a start than we were two years ago and we and we seem to the choices we make in the pass initially from the keeper or even to the keeper to the centre back in the next pass, the second one, are bad choices because they tend to go to a player who's back, who's facing our goal, who's uh, going to have a player up his arse. And so the only choice that player has is to give it then back to you. And so, um, yeah, it, it all comes from that initial thing. Somewhere they've got that tactic wrong. And I think they need to look at other teams and how they're doing it. Uh, the teams who play possession football, see how yep. they're doing it and maybe change to that kind of way. Okay, excellent. All right, coming up, I'm going to ask the guys their thoughts on the starting 11 and 18 overall, and then we're going to go through the key moments of both halves, and and we're talking about man of the match. I think we're all going to agree on who that is. Okay, Giannis, over to you. Thoughts on the starting 11 and 18 overall? You mentioned to me on the prior show that you wanted Kearney Bench, so thoughts on when you saw the starting 11? Well, when I saw Kenny in the lineup, I yelled "boo." Um, but that apart, uh, really no, really no issues. Um, Stephen Johansson comes in for a game. Um, Harry Arter, the Harry Arter versus K Mac. You know, um, wasn't so sure about that one, but um, you know, it, it, it was a pick 'em. And I, generally, I thought it was a lineup that could, if we use the ball quickly. To move up the field could give them some problems on the benches. The bench, uh, no uh, complaints there, and it was good to see Cabana back. Okay, Max. So I guess Onama picked up an injury because he was not even in the squad, um, so that made I think the team a little weaker. But you know, I think what is Kamara gonna have to do to get a place in the starting eleven? Right? I thought he was excellent against Barnes, and again, he changed the match when he came on again against uh, Derby. So. Maybe Parker doesn't necessarily trust him to start for the 90 minutes based what happened against Millwall, but I think Kamara is one of our best attacking weapons at this point in time. Okay. How about you, Mike, on the starting 11 and the 18 overall? Um, uh, well, I would have preferred K-Mac to start, um, especially with Johansson starting. It would be nice to uh, bring the you know, the old three musketeers together to start a game. They, they haven't started a game together since the opening day of the season. Um, and, uh, you know, again, one of these random sort of a player's been out for a long, you know, good run of games and then straight away knockout starts. And uh, I'm not saying he shouldn't have done it. I'm not saying Cavs should have been starting either. You know, I personally, both maybe should have been on the bench and Kamara start. I think one of the other issues is Reed. How are we going to get the best out of him? Great and, uh, you know, is he, he's not a winger, is he? You know, let's no. be honest. He, he, needs, he needs to play central. So... Your options there are we change formation. He plays next to Mitro, which I think, you know, Mitro needs someone near him. 
um, or he, he takes care of his attacking midfield role. So that's to get the best out of Reed. I mean, the interesting thing there is, you know, uh, I did some stuff on the game since uh, Boxing Day, and uh, you know, he scored four goals, but he hasn't scored now for about five games. Um, and uh, Mitrovic has scored our last four goals. Yeah. Uh, so how how do we get uh, you know how do we get more goals from from other positions? So yeah, the, I mean the rest of the team, the back four, pretty much you know there's no other left back, so so Brian really has to go there. We've got no other centre backs unless you bring a doy in. Um, so really, it's you know pretty much picks itself by the right back position. Um, and I'm glad he stuck with Rodak. There were there weren't many, but there were a few people Never saying a best. Bets should come in, but yep. you know, and uh, you know, so it was good to see, you know, for all the criticism we're giving Parker, it was good to see him keep faith with uh, Road Deck, and uh, you know, of course, he paid it back in spades, didn't he? He absolutely did, Mike, and it's funny because we'll talk about that at the end of the show. That uh, it could have gone horribly bad for Marek Rodak if you know, again, he could have let that really affect him, but he went the positive way. And I think that's a huge positive to come out of this match, even though it's only a point to play Merrick Rodak. And we're definitely going to end the show talking about him. And um, Mike, one last question, because we were really talking about the central midfield and I'm glad that Max brought this up so we could really get into this. I'm going to ask you Harrison Reed being out and also Onama being hurt. Where do they fit into the mix? Because again, where, what is our best midfield three? Well, I think our best midfield, if you're asking fans, I do believe almost to a man, none of them would pick Onoma. Okay. okay. He's had his moments. Uh, he, he certainly played better than his first half dozen games. But for me, he's, he shouldn't be starting. So it should, you want to get the best out of this, this squad. It's K-Mac and, and uh, Kearney and then one other. And I like Reed, and, you know, it's disappointing he's been injured. Um, but uh, that's that's the kind of uh, for me that those two should be the linchpin of the team. And even if that means K. Matt Kenny and even Reed playing, um, you know, it's it's not working at the moment, is it? You know, whatever combination. No, it's not. That's why I'm go- I want to talk about it. Yeah, so he's he's got to think out of the box maybe um, a little bit and. Uh, for me, like I say, for me, it doesn't include Onoma and it doesn't include Arta. I have to say that as well. Okay, excellent. All right, guys, let's now go through the key moments of this match. And we're going to start with the first half. And uh, as we've all talked about, Fulham were playing keep ball, but really keep it in their own half. It was safety first. So a lot of the uh, key moments in the first half really involve Derby County. They actually had a shot that was deflected by Tom Lawrence, and then he had a follow-up opportunity shortly into this match in the 11th minute. So that started things off. And then Mark Rodak actually made a save in the 23rd minute off of an opportunity from Clark. You do have a shot by Mitro in the 28th minute, but again, it was not a real threat. And then you have Adoy's um, opportunity that goes wide in the 30th minute. And then later on, you have uh, another save by Mark Rodak on Lawrence. And um, that's basically how the half ends. So, Max, I just want to just get your overall assessment of the first half. Let's just do it as an overall whole. 
yeah, Darby had the more dangerous chances for sure. Uh, and we had the majority of possession, but we really didn't kick into to first gear at all. I think the best piece of play we had was kind of 30 minutes in when uh, Dekadova Reed's cross went on to Mitro's head and he kind of weakly headed the back at the keeper. But that was a really actually nice counterattacking move from us. And it happened when uh, Dekadova Reed and Knockart switch wings, which we didn't really see that much. But when they can do that, that was dangerous. But again, that's that's kind of the main opportunity to half. Darby, I think, could have had a couple goals, perhaps. Lawrence had a really nice cut, as you mentioned, that Rodak saved well on. But yeah, first half, same type of uh, frustrations we were talking about. Slow build-up play, yep. not, not many movement, not converting any high-quality attacking chances, and the other team, honestly, outplaying us, I'd say. Okay. Yeah, that's your view. Yeah, it was a, a ponderous first half from us. Um, you know, lots of possession, but not really doing anything. And they looked the more dangerous of the two teams. And uh, we just, again, we looked to play a little bit nervous. And um, But having said that, I thought that the only way they were going to really break us down was going to be a set piece. I didn't think it was going to be from open play. Um, and uh, unfortunately, I was proved right. Okay. Excellent, guys. Let's move to the second half. And uh, Fulham actually had an opportunity from a shot from Johansson. It was a pretty weak shot in the 48th minute, but that's how really the half started getting going. And now we have to go right to the penalty in the 55th minute, and uh, Wayne Rooney scores it, and um, Darby County take the lead. I'll go back to you, Giannis. Was this a penalty? I didn't like it. Um, I think because if he's moving his arm away, I think you. I think I think more reps than not would have wouldn't have given it. But I suppose, you know, I mean that's the subjectivity of uh, a the handball rule and b when you're traveling away from home. I I, I personally didn't like it, but um, you know that if you can see the penalty, Rooney's going to take it. And um, as soon as the penalty was given, I thought, "Now we're we're down a goal." But no, I wasn't. I wasn't happy with that. Okay, Mike, over to you. Was that a penalty? Do you think that was the right call? Um, oh, I mean, you see some given, some against. I mean, most of these decisions are going against us at the moment. <laughs> um, I suppose it was in some ways, but. Uh, you know, we deserved it for the way we were mucking around at the back anyway. So, uh, you know, if you're going to play like that, these kind of things are going to happen. And everything seems to be happening to Ream at the moment. Um, I mean, there's a, we were talking about players hiding earlier. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a player who's not hiding. He's, you know, he's still doing his best. Unfortunately, I just think this is a half a season too long for him now. Um, but we just haven't got any other options, really. But, uh, you know, he's... Uh, yeah, he's 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 not going to shirk. He never he's never been that, and he's going to continue right. to do his best. But you know, he must have walked under some serious number of ladders recently. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you there, Mike. How about you, Max? Do you think that was a penalty? Do you think that was the right call? Yeah, I mean, I think it's clearly a penalty. It, 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 his hands outstretched hits him very clearly. That's a penalty for me. But I think the bigger question is, you know, how did it come to that position? Right? It was right. as Mike even mentioned, the terrible uh, short goal kick where Reem is essentially standing two inches away from Rodak. He's like, they're holding hands and he plays in the ball. And then already Darby's in a really good high press. 
smart by them. They realize what we do. It's not rocket science, as I've said before. It's very simple. And to defend it, it, it doesn't take a genius. You just go up high at the pitch and mark every single man. So by the time Reem plays it out right to Brian, I pause the, the, the tape of the game when Brian receives a ball, and essentially nothing's on for him. Nothing. So, and every player who has an option, their back is facing the Fulham goal. So as Mike mentioned, negative positioning, good press by Darby. It's already a disaster waiting to happen. And it's yeah. not made any better by Brian, who does what every single footballer is told from a very young age not to do. You know, don't take it towards your own goal. Don't take it centrally. If you want to clear the ball, go wide, right? That's out, that's, that's out of, that's it. The safe area, play it wide. He takes a touch inside, nothing's on, plays another really poor ball. The Derby winger deflects it, and it goes right to Waghorn, very fortunately. So, yep. yeah, and it, it was just a catalog of errors leading up to that goal. Um, it's as Mike said, schoolboy stuff, you know, terrible. Yeah, totally agree. Okay. All right. After that, we actually have uh, a few. Fulham opportunities. You have the shot by Bobby Reed in the 56th minute. Then you have the shot by Mitro from a free kick that unfortunately goes right to the goalkeeper in the 59th minute. You have a shot by Joe Bryan in the 60th minute. And then you have the situation again from Mitro set up for him to toe poke. It just uh, doesn't uh, come off in the 62nd minute. And then you a little bit later, you have the substitutions, which I think were vital in Fulham's uh, end of the match and, uh, and uh, leads up to the goal. When Kamara and Cavalero come on, Knockhart and Johansson come off. And that's going to lead to the goal from Mitro set up by Kamara. Giannis, I'll give you the honors of talking about the equalizer for Fulham. It's a nice goal, and I, and I suppose it's it's landing weight to. I was critical of Mitro last week. I thought he was anonymous, um, and I, I actually suggested sitting him because I just thought. It was such a poor performance that you you can make real statements by sitting critical players. But Boo Boo's made a big impact again um, off the bench, and I don't believe he should start. I, I think he's an in, a high impact substitution, and he should be able to add a little bit more vinegar if the starting strikers are doing their job. But we've thrown him on again to do a job like last week against Barnsley, and he's done very very well. And, you know, he's putting a lovely little cross and uh, a nice little volley from Mitro. And the thing is, if we get the ball, this is, this is what becomes frustrating. We pity-patter around the back and we don't get the ball quick enough up the field. Yep. But when we get to the ball to Mitro, in, you know, zones three and particularly four, he tends to either create chances or he scores goals. So it was a lovely goal because I, my thought was when we win a goal done, we're going to be in real trouble. So to get that equaliser was great, but we really have to learn. With 34 games in, we've got to learn that if our only scoring is going to come from Mitro, and he has, you know, scored our last four goals, then we've got to get the ball to Mitro. And um, I was delighted for Boo Boo, big impact when he came on, and I don't think it's going to be enough to get him a start next week. But uh, at the very least, he's a high impact. Um, um, Southern, I thought it was a lovely cross and, and uh, a nice volley there for Mitra to put it away. Okay, excellent. Now let's move on. Let's talk about the end of this match, which was a little crazy. And uh, we have to start here because I'm glad that Mike mentioned this too. Kevin McDonald coming on for Archer, I think, helped form a little bit, even though we have everything that happens at the end of this match. But my opinion, 82nd minute, 
shot by Cavallaro that goes over, he needs to score there. I, again, this is just my opinion. He needs to score there. I was speaking to Emilio, our, our co-host, and he was talking about how Fulmer not clinical. When you have opportunities like this, you need to convert. And I think this is a big miss for Fulmer. And then after that, it was really the Merrick Road Act show, and obviously Darby County pouring on the pressure. You have the save from Rodak on Bird. This is a great opportunity for yeah. Darby County, and the Merrick Rodak came up huge. And then you have everything that happened after that in the 89th minute. Rodak was just immense. So, Mike, overall, I just want to get your view on how this match ended. Take it from Kevin McDonald coming on, and like I mentioned, the Cavallero shot, which I think he needs to score there, and what Merrick Rodak did at the end of the match, because I know you've talked about this before, when your goalkeeper is your man of the match, that could be a very bad sign, because something's not right. In my opinion, I think part of it has to do with the fact that we went forward with all these attacking players, but I definitely see your point when Merrick Rodak is basically standing on his head, saving foam once again. Your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I mean, we did go through, and we had, to, you know, we had some chance. Cavalier needs to get that chance, keep that chance down. I mean, he uh, he has to do better there. Um, but also, we have to create better chances for players like Mitro. I mean, Mitro scores a a good goal yesterday, but he's, you know, starving. We're not creating enough. We're not creating enough clear cut chances yeah. for people to put the ball past the keeper. So it's individual skill, a lot of it. I mean, um, you know, Kamara did make a difference. We've already said that. Um, but we were under pressure at the end there. I mean, there's a, I found a new site which sort of shows the way a game ebbs and flows. And for the last te- five minutes or so of that game, you know, we're under pressure. They're getting corners and Rodex, the, the ball's coming in. Rooney's corners are really good. And, you know, he's, he's bashing them away. And then we're having the, the shot and the block and that absolutely world-class save by, by Rodak. And, you know, we, we could have easily lost, easily have lost. And, and they created the better chances. They, their keeper was the busier, our keeper was the busier one of the two. You absolutely. know, their keeper wasn't flying around trying to, <laughs> you know, stop everything being thrown at him. And yeah, I'm an absolute believer. If a goalkeeper is your man in the match, then you've, You've got an issue. You're letting in too many shots. And, um, you know, it's uh, it's, the, it's an underlying problem that we've got. I mean, how, how many games has he played? What, 18, 20 or whatever it is? And he must have been man of match about five times. So, um, you know, we're, we're not scoring enough. And uh, he's, uh, you know, he's having to do the business at that end. Okay. Excellent there, Mike. All right. Guys, just for time's sake, we're just going to end with talking about Man of the Match. It's a great segue because we're just talking about Marek Rodak. So I don't see anyone even close to Rodak because Rodak saved foam. So, Giannis, I'll go to you. Let's talk about Man of the Match. It has to be Marek Rodak. And uh, just share me yeah. your thoughts. Yeah, absolutely. And come at the hour, come at the man. He's, he's, um, he's obviously, we all know he had a mayor last Saturday. And he's rebounded with an outstanding performance. He's, um, it is concerning. I'd like to look back on the last eight, ten games and see how many man the matches he's had. I think he's had at least four or five. Um, so I think that's telling everything you need to know. He was, he was superb. And, but for him, he, we would have lost. So very pleased for the lad. 
And, um, you know, yeah, I think he's going to be an outstanding keeper. You don't really mature into, you know, mature into the role at the highest level until your 30s anyway, and he's what, 23. So he's got a long way to go, but I thought he was immense yesterday. Okay. Max, your thoughts? Yeah, I think it was, we were talking about a response. That was one of the most impressive individual responses I've seen from a player in a long time, just because his Barnsley performance is so abysmal. And he turns around completely um, against Darby. That, that leaping save to just uh, claw it out of the net was just fantastic. I don't think anything, anything like that in, in a long time. Uh, and it's so hard as a keeper, right? Because it's so mental. It's all about getting in your own head and, and being confident. So that really impressed me the most is that he had the confidence to put that last weekend performance behind him, turn a new slate, and, and, and be superb. And honestly, he was the one who saved us last night 100%. So credit to Rodak, and I'm really happy for him to get that great man of the match performance. Okay, great. And Mike, um, I'm sure you're going to agree with us. You've already been talking about Rodak. You already mentioned him. And what's interesting about talking about this and looking at Rodak, and I, I mentioned this early in the show, again, after the match prior where he, he, to me, was responsible for all three goals, to come back, to have the confidence to do this, I think is immense. And I think that's a huge positive to take out of this. I know You've already mentioned if he's your man of the match, that that's an issue. I get all that. But I think this is a huge positive to come out of it was his response. Yeah, totally. I mean, he's, uh, he looks something special, doesn't he? And um, there's a difference there, you know, between him and Betts. And, you know, for he's just a much better uh, keeper as a whole. And you can see the difference um, in quality. And you can see now why, in some ways, you know, Slav never had any faith in um, in Bettinelli, and uh, you know, failed to start a season with him in 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 goal. And you know, halfway through this season, you get Rodak uh, going, um, you know, which maybe a, a year earlier than they were probably expecting. But uh, yeah, great character. He's 23. I tweeted, get him on the longest contract that, uh, that's possible. <laughs> I saw that. And uh, I hope they I hope they do that. But um, but yeah, I mean, I think I saw on the Fulham website there may have been three or four percent who voted for Mitrovic and Kamara, and uh, you know, um, I'm I'm sure their families are happy that they voted for him to be man of the match. But uh, in everyone else's eyes, it was Rodak. Okay, excellent. I just want to share this with everyone as well because I was going back and forth with friend to the show, Andy Buckley Taylor, who's a Derby County supporter, and he told me that. Uh, he saw Merrick Rodak give up six goals last season with Rotherham. He's like, that goalkeeper, I'm paraphrasing, did an incredible job. He was the difference, and he just remembered what he saw last season. He couldn't believe it was the same goalkeeper. So that's just amazing, but it's obviously different teams. Merrick Rodak has actually had a great season, and I know what happened last weekend, obviously what happened in Middlesbrough, but beyond that, he's just been at a different level, and I agree with Mike. Get him on the longest contract possible. Okay. Mike, before we go, I just w- want to thank you again for uh, joining us t- today, and uh, and w- let's get you back on soon, my friend. Yeah, no, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I wish I could do it more. And um, if I can just end with a couple of, because I always come on with stats and stuff, but go ahead, a couple Mike. of things that are worrying. Yeah, a couple of things that are worrying. So last six games, we're at eighth in form. Last four, we're fourteenth. And so it's a downward trend. We were all hoping for a second half season um, where we 
emulate what uh, Slav did. Well, that's not happening. You know, 13 goals in our last 11 games, we've stopped scoring. And uh, that's putting the pressure on us. And in that time, we've lit in 12. So we are not showing the form that deserves to be in the top six. But everyone else is giving us a chance. <laughs> and even at, we're recording this during the games happening today. And at halftime, we're still third. So we're getting away with it at the moment. We're using up all our lifelines, all our get-out-of-jail cards. Um, and it's a big week coming up. Uh, game on when Game on Tuesday is massive, or Wednesday, and, uh, and next weekend as well. And really, to consolidate our position, he needs two wins. I can't see anything else. We need two wins in the next two games to settle everyone down. Because if we get only a point, say, from the next two games, we're going to be out of the top six, uh, I think. And uh, it could be decision time for uh, those who uh, have to make these big ones. Okay, excellent. Great show, guys. Before we go, I just want to mention a couple of things. First of all, Emilio Donnell tweeted this out talking about the Fulham FC Foundation. Please give them a follow mm-hmm. on Twitter at Fulham FC Found. Highly recommend following them. They do some excellent work, so please do follow the Fulham FC Foundation on Twitter and uh, and get involved with them. They're a great organization. Just want to mention that. And lastly, as I've always been talking about lately, to please, uh, again, download the app for our friends at Come On You White's app. They're d- doing some great stuff. I would highly recommend downloading it on your iPhone or on your Android, definitely check out this app. I go to it every single day, and you can listen to the show there as well. Okay. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Cars Talk. For Max Cohen, Jan Shanaeus, and Mike Gregg, I'm Russ Coleman. Thank you as always for listening to Cars Talk. For Fulham fans everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. Plan your match day with our GPS travel planner, taking you to the best pubs, restaurants, and hotels home and away. Download the free COY Whites app now from the App Store and Google Play. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.